Great British Manufacturing Podcast, brought to you by MTD, MFG and Jefferson. Hello and welcome to the Great British Manufacturing Podcast. We hope you've had a fantastic break and many thanks for joining us on the first podcast of the year. On the show this week, we will review this week's positive industry news and welcome a special guest, Troy Barrett, Managing Director of Sitting Porn-based Contracts Engineering. Stuart, Happy New Year and welcome back. Yeah, all the very best, Joe. All the very best to our listeners and uh, yeah, excited about 2022. Yeah, let's get straight on with it. So BAE Systems, a name we all know, they've launched a major recruitment drive, another huge intake. It's great news to start the podcast. Absolutely. British engineering giant has announced plans to recruit almost 1,700 apprentices and graduates across the UK this year, the largest number of trainees it's ever taken on in, in a single year. Successful candidates will work on some of the UK's most exciting and important technology programmes, including Tempest, um, a future combat egg, system for the RAF, as well as the design and build of the Dreadnought Submarine Programme and Type 26 frigates for the Royal Navy. BAE Systems invest almost £100 million in education skills and early careers activities in the UK and annually. And currently, would you believe, they've got uh, nearly 3,300 apprentices and graduates in training. So fantastic opportunity for young people to join a great company. Yeah, they're winning news a lot, aren't they, of late BA systems, but it's um, rightly so. Fantastic company, fantastic news. Uh, BioPure Technology, they've opened a new multi-million pound factory in Haven. What can you tell us about this one? Yeah, the firm is part of the Watson Marlow Group. They're a leading supplier of fluid path components, um, primarily for the biopharmaceutical industry. The new facility is five times the size of the company's previous two buildings combined and will provide much needed additional capacity to support the company's growth, support its customers. Production at the 120,000 square foot site is due to begin in March, and the investment is expected to create um, around about 130 new jobs. Yeah, and this next one, I ran it on my Swarf Guru Twitter account over the break, and it went pretty well for my account, to be honest. But the UK and Japan have announced plans to jointly develop uh, the future fighter aircraft engine, uh, what goes into combat technologies. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I saw that. It went, went down particularly well, didn't it, on your, on your account. Um, work on the joint engine demonstrator will kickstart early, um, early this year with the UK investing an initial £30 million in planning, digital designs and, and developing manufacturing developments. Um, a further £200 million UK funding is expected to go towards developing a full-scale demonstrator power system, supporting hundreds of highly skilled jobs, including many at Rolls-Royce's site in Filton in Bristol. Over the next four years, UK is investing more than £2 billion into its, its um, national and international endeavours to design a world-leading future combat air system. In parallel, through its FX programme, Japan is looking to develop a future fighter aircraft to a similar timescale to replace the F-2 aircraft. Yeah, it's massive announcement and uh, well received for UK manufacturing, I'm sure. But Stuart, let's take a, a brief pause there from this week's news because I'd like to introduce this week's guest, who is Troy Barrett, the Managing Director of Contracts Engineering. Troy, a very warm welcome. Thanks, man. Me, Joe. You're more than welcome. Uh, to start with, we always like to do this. We'd like to learn a little bit about you, your current role, and the responsibilities within the company, please. Yeah, uh, yeah, sure. Happy to go into it. So Contracts Engineering is owned by a company called Bamek Group. Um, we own Contracts Engineering and Furnitubes International. Uh, I, uh, my wife and I are the main shareholders of the group. I run Contracts Engineering as the managing director with a focus on mostly the commercial side of the business. So strategic partnerships, 
of client relationships and big investments. Um, and then our other business, Furnitubes, sells street furniture and light infrastructure products. And my, my wife runs that business and contracts engineering, manufactures virtually all the products that we sell in that business. Brilliant. Just tell us a little bit about you. Uh, obviously, it doesn't sound like you're from Kent. So what's your background? Yeah, I'm from, I'm from Indiana, from America, uh, born and bred there. It's a kind of an industrial part of middle America. And uh, my first job was 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 washing dishes uh, and paper routes and that sort of stuff as a teenager. Um, but then I, I had the, um, the good luck of of getting into a good university and a business school. And then uh, my first time ever to New York City was for a job interview. And I got the job and I went into investment banking. Um, I only did that for two years though, before I moved into other roles in finance, uh, very much a lot working with manufacturing companies and industrial businesses um, in private equity and uh, merchant banking. And uh, did that for about 12 years, including a stop off to get a, a graduate degree. Uh, which is where I met my wife and how I ended up in the UK. She's British. And um, I would always just had a, a real passion and interest in engineering and manufacturing. And as I got older, I realized I, I enjoyed uh, being in the factories, in the shipyards, in the various businesses I worked with, being on site in the business, as opposed to being an investor or an active investor, which is really what you kind of are in finance. Um, and then at the uh, young age of 31, I made the jump um, and bought, we bought our first business contracts engineering. Um, uh, and that was in 2011. And I've got to say, I haven't looked back since, Joe. That's great. So just a contracts engineering sounds a good company, but just tell us what you do. You know, what technologies do you have on site? What markets do you serve? Things like that. Absolutely. So uh, contracts engineering, we're one of Southeast England's largest contract manufacturers. Uh, we, uh, what sets us apart from other contract manufacturing companies is that we focus exclusively at contracts on manufacturing, fabricating, and assembling other companies' products and sub-assemblies of parts. Uh, so basically what we do is we partner with our clients by integrating into their supply chain, and we focus extensively on delivering their products to them on time in full uh, with full quality specifications, certification requirements, fixed pricing contracts, et cetera. Uh, so we go out and we talk to people about being their onshore manufacturing partner. Um, so I would say we're quite a, uh, I have quite a different approach than other contract manufacturers. Uh, but essentially what we do, the services that we offer are uh, fabricating with steel and aluminum. So laser cutting, welding, folding, uh, mechanical assembly, packaging, and certifying if, if certifications are required. Morning, Troy. Um, thanks for being our first guest this year and uh, fascinating to hear about your background and and the overview of contracts engineering. Um, just to elaborate on that then, so in terms of, um, just to illustrate um, what, what you do and who you do it for, would you mind just giving us an overview of recent successes, export wins, um, contractor awards, you, just to, to uh, illustrate what you actually do and who you do it for, uh, please. Sure, and Stuart, thanks for having me on as well. Um, so it contracts, we're about 70% what we call manufacturing for commercial in markets and 30% for industrial. Um, and I'll, I'll go through, we've had recent export wins in both um, industrial and in the com commercial in markets. Um, on the commercial side, we've won two export orders going to America. We're making companies products. It could be anything from um, office cubicles, kind of mobile office cubicles to street furniture. Um, and uh, we're making quite a high volume of products that are going into big Fortune 500 companies in America, um, British company, British design, 
uh, and export it to America. And then on the industrial side, um, after about 18 months of hard work with the, with the defense business, uh, part of the hard work was due to COVID slowing things down. Um, we've, we've passed all the internal test requirements to start manufacturing um, an aluminum product uh, for, for a defense in market, for effectively as an aerospace defense in market where we're providing coated tick welding and full fabrication uh, in a production setting for uh, a defense product. Uh, it's a sub-assembly system going into defense product that will be shipped around the world. Again, British designed, British company, uh, but uh, virtually entirely exported. Oh, fantastic. And you mentioned um, British design, British company a couple of times though in, in, your, in your answer, Troy, and very good to hear. Uh, how important is that you, when you're selling across the world? What what kind of perception, what what kind of value do people place on on something that is British designed and built? Yeah, I think I think it's a, it's always been very positive. I, I I think the UK has done a, a very good job of of building up a very strong name in 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 being a quality manufacturer um, to a very high standard. And I think a lot of that is, is simply because of it, it 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 it's got a great reputation that it deserves. You know, engineering has been kind of part of the the core of, of British uh, industry in, in the British economy for, for centuries, um, and it carries through very nicely. Um, and honestly, you know, it also helps because it's an English language country um, that it's very easy to to communicate with different countries and to sell into different markets. So one thing that's been interesting that I've seen, Stuart, over the past year really is how much we're manufacturing here and shipping to America. And I would say one misconception that I've seen so far, a little bit anecdotal, uh, Stuart, but but certainly there, is that certainly what we're making now, it's cheaper to have it manufactured in the UK than it is in America, uh, which was a real surprise to me. I mean, as I said earlier, I'm American and America's viewed as being a very kind of efficient, cost-driven economy, but uh, still the UK, you can make some things cheaper here and export them. That's good to hear. And, and like you say, um, probably most people's perception would be different to that. So yeah, good, good to hear it firsthand. Um, mm. Looking broader, you know, across the, the UK manufacturing industry, um, you know, not just contracts engineering, what's your view on the government's support for the sector or lack of uh, any initiatives or um, more support that you'd like to, to see to see from um, central government? The, the privilege of, of sitting on Make UK's Economic Policy Committee, and while I, I'm certainly not speaking on behalf of, of the committee, um, I get to spend a decent amount of time discussing with policymakers, uh, uh, folks in government and, and in the private sector running businesses about this sort of issue. So I have uh, uh, quite regular conversations about it, and so I'll be speaking a bit from experience. I think... Um, the UK, it's, it's an interesting one for me to say that I, I think the UK, sometimes the cost structure is very similar to European cost structure. By that, I mean, you know, high taxation on, on, on energy, high taxes on labor. So it's kind of an expensive place to, to, to run a business. Um, but what, um, and I'm okay with that. You know, I think we should have a good health system and, and there should be good retirement benefits paid to people. Uh, but the interesting thing that I find Kind of challenging is there isn't the strategy, the governmental strategy to then make sure that whole system works. Um, and by that, I mean um, lots of other European countries, even America has an industrial strategy, which clearly sets out what companies can be sold, cannot be sold, what sort of support goes to industry, regardless of who's in power. There's a, there's, there's a general acceptance of, of 
continuity within industrial policies. Um, you know, the class one is like German and machine tools and, and automotive, um, could be French and automotive and some of its large industrial companies and same with America and its aerospace business. Um, and I think what's interesting in the UK uh, is there seems to be a real lack of commitment to a long-term industrial strategy. And since I've been serving on Make a Case Economic Policy Committee, I think there's been four or five different business secretaries and, and by adding, I think I joined the committee in 2015, so maybe six years. So there's been four or five um, business secretaries. I think the, the department that looks after it now called Bayes has changed its name once if not twice. Um, so I would say from a private sector standpoint, there's a real concern that there is no, uh, there's not enough strategy behind uh, the decisions that are being made you know, a few years ago, it was the March of the Makers, and it was a push into automotive. Now there's kind of a pivot to electric vehicles, a lot of discussion on hydrogen. Uh, but I think some of the concern is, is you know, is, is that going to outlast the administration, you know, in five years, 10 years, is hydrogen still going to be a key part of the economy or has it changed again? Um, and I think uh, it would be nice to see a bit more uh, long-term commitment uh, from the government. Yeah, no, it's in interesting, interesting indeed. If we uh, if we talk about your company again, what what are your aspirations for the year? Have you any pending projects you can share with us? And yeah, what do you hope to achieve in twenty twenty two and beyond? I guess. Yeah, so well, starting twenty twenty two, and this is this is our first day back. We we were still uh, closed at both of our businesses yesterday. Um, we're starting off um, with with a good order book at both businesses. So we feel like we're going into the year with with an ability again, as long as COVID doesn't create too many new distractions, that. Um, you know, the senior leadership of the businesses can focus on 2022 as a big picture as opposed to, say, firefighting the next COVID-related challenge. And really what we're excited about, Joe, on, on contracts engineering, I'll, I'll leave Furnitubes out of it since it's mostly about contracts, um, is really twofold. Um, we've upgraded our operations team uh, quite a bit um, with the focus on increasing volume manufacture, so continuing investment in automation. We've got a new machine that just arrived two months ago that increased uh, kind of a, a fairly simple operation, but more than doubled our capacity. Uh, we've got a new large press break ar arriving um, that can be retrofitted with robotics. It arrives, it should be arriving in three weeks, but it was also supposed to arrive in November. So um, let's hope it arrives at the end of January. So we'll have a new press breaking machine that can be, uh, again, robotically retrofitted. Um, so th the first theme is, is really ramping up volume manufacture, and that's going to be more investments in automation. And then the second theme for contracts is, is adding more value-add services to the business. The aerospace and defense contract I just referenced earlier requires us to provide a certified uh, TIG welding process for every single part, product mm -hmm. we make, as well as it as, as basically a test, a pressure test. Um, that's It's not so much new to us. It's, it's kind of a one step further in expansion of what we do. So we'll be spending quite a lot of time of upskilling our value-added services, particularly within welding. Fantastic. It's uh, like we said, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. It's been great to have you on. No doubt we'll do it again soon. But yeah, thanks for coming on. Happy New Year. Good luck for 2022. And we'll, uh, we'll see you soon. And it's a pleasure both. Thanks for having me, Joe and uh, Stuart. Stuart, an interesting interview there and an interesting company as well. No, absolutely. And a uh, great guest to, to start the new year with. Absolutely. Speaking of guests, if you'd like to join us on the podcast, please drop us an email at podcast.mtdmfg.com uh, or reach out to us on social media. Also, we don't get time to cover 
hardly any of the news compared to what is in the marketplace. So please download the MTD MFG app from all the usual app stores. And finally, go to mtdmfg.com where you can find all the latest news as it happens. But Stuart, let's get back to it. Uh, positive news from Frog Bikes. Yeah, the British manufacturer is ramping up production, creating new jobs to meet soaring global demand. The family-owned kids' bikes firm retooled production from China when it opened a new factory in Pontypool, and it, now it exports its bicycles to more than 50 countries worldwide. So, yeah, great news uh, for, for, uh, for Wales and uh, Hopefully, we'll, we'll be covering a lot more reshoring stories this year, Joe. I'm sure we will. Uh, Invitech Drives is investing 10 million and creating new jobs. Again, I put this on my social media actually just before uh, just before Christmas from memory. And yet, it, this went well as well. It, it's good news for that area. Certainly is. Um, so, the, um, the manufacturer uh, is based in Welshpool. Um, they produce electric motor control technology. And they're expanding, again, following significant growth in global sales. The £10 million investment will be used to expand its existing manufacturing and distribution centre and also fund the development of a new application centre. The significant expansion will create 85 new jobs over the next 12 months. And this is on top of the 280 people already employed at its global HQ. Yeah, and we talk, we talk a lot about the automotive sector and the issues they've got with chips and things like this and processors. Uh, but BMW, they've launched their 2022 recruitment drives. So it can't be all that bad. <laughs> no, you don't say no. Hopefully it will improve um, this, this, um, this quarter. So the German car maker is set to recruit 95 apprentices across its UK sites. Opportunities available at Mini Plant Oxford, Plant Swindon, Rolls-Royce Motorcars in Goodwood and its engine plants at Hamsall. So, again, great opportunities for young people to, to, to join an industry that um, um, is at the vanguard of technology. Yeah, for sure. Um, this is a company I don't recognise. British Offsite is set to open a new factory in Essex. Um, what, can you, what can you tell me about this story? Not a great deal. <laughs> it's only, um, only broke a few minutes ago, really. So the, the um, built build off-site manufacturing and construction company started construction of its new 137,000 square foot factory um, at the Horizon 120 business park in, in Great Notley and in, in Braintree. The production facility is scheduled to open in late, um, well, late, later this year and will employ up to around about 80 people once fully operational. So, yeah, good to start the new year with a couple of new factories. Yeah, and uh, British factory output grew at ninth for its 19th consecutive month in December. It, it, I nearly said we talk about it every week, but I guess it's monthly. We can't, but <laughs> it, it's it's great, isn't it? 19 consecutive months. So, you know, when's it going to end? Well, I, yeah, I, hopefully not for not for a long time. But, uh, yeah, so this is according to the latest IHS market SIT UK manufacturing PMI. New orders, manufacturing output, employment all rose in December. Um, the release of the figures outlined how the manufacturing industry's expansion would have been stronger had it not been for continuing logistic disruptions and staff shortages. So despite that, still growing, the reading for the period was 57.9, and that's well above the 50 mark that denotes growth. Fantastic, isn't it? You know, what a, what a great first podcast back to the new year, Stuart. Plen plenty of positive news, even though it's uh, historically a quiet time of year. No, absolutely, Joe, and uh, I'm sure we'll have uh, plenty more next week. Absolutely. So, yeah, that brings the end to this week's podcast, Stuart. A massive thank you to you, as always, to Troy uh, Barrett, Managing Director of Contracts Engineering. Big thank you to him. But as always, the biggest thank you goes to you at home for listening. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the 
great British manufacturing podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating and a review. You can find us on Twitter using at MTDMFG and at Jefferson underscore MFG.